Good morning. How's everybody? All right, all right. Happy New Year. It's not the New Year yet. But in case I don't see you, Happy New Year. We're so glad that you're here with us at North Star on the last Sunday of the year, December the 31st. This is it. This is the last chance uh, to go to church on Sunday before 2018, and I am so glad to see you guys, and I hope that you had a, a wonderful Christmas this year and, and that God has just revealed his blessings to you in such an incredible way. Are you glad you came to church today? Say amen. amen. All right, North Star, if you're a first-time guest or, or not, North Star is a place where everybody's welcome. Nobody is perfect, and anything is possible. And we believe that. In fact, when you leave today, you'll see those words, anything's possible. We're a church that is about going on. We'll be 12 years old in April of 2018. 12 years old. Uh, yeah, wow. That's what I'm thinking. What an incredible time that this has been. And uh, from the very beginning days of North Star, we said that we're real people at a relevant church that connect people to a growing relationship with Christ and others to fulfill their life purpose. We even added to that, but we never re really put it in print. And then we reproduce that. We, we believe in church planting, and we believe in reaching out in, our, in the neighborhoods and reaching out uh, across the planet. So that's who we are. Our vision at North Star is to glorify God by making disciples of all nations. That means this nation and that nation. And so that, that's who we are as a church. And if you'd like to know more about who we are as, as a church, I have, we have something um, at guest services that you can pick up one of these. These are free. And uh, it tells about uh, a lot of different things, like our, the statements that I just uh, said to you. It talks about our core values. Look, I'm really pumped about next year because we're, we're instituting some different things next year. For example, uh, I'm going to, me and, and the staff will be bringing messages about our 10 core values that are listed here. And so we're, we're excited about that. We're also going to be uh, having, uh, during the year, some campus pastor series. And you're going to really uh, enjoy those. So uh, if you don't have one, or if you're a first-time guest, please pick one of these up, and um, they'll be at guest services. Real quick, I want to tell you two important things that are coming up. One of the changes that we've made at North Star while we normally have our growth tracks, you know, we used to call them the classes. The classes. You can't call it that anymore. In fact, uh, one of our staff was docked $50 of his pay a few weeks ago uh, by using uh, the, uh, the word 101. You don't do that anymore around here. And what's bad is... Uh, that particular staff member, I'm not going to identify who he, Wesley, I mean, who he was, but he did it two services. 
And uh, I met him in the hallway, and he said, man, I did it again. But uh, growth tracks, this is what we're doing different about our growth tracks. They're, they not only have a new name, growth track one, two, three, and four. Beginning next week, we're going to be offering uh, every month, each Sunday, a different growth track. For example, next Sunday, January the 7th, we're going to have growth track one. January the 14th, we're going to have growth track two. January the 21st, we're going to have growth track three and so forth. And we'll be doing that every month. And here's another change is we have been rotating which campus that uh, the growth track is, is held beginning next week. We're going to be having growth track one and all the growth tracks uh, at both campuses going on at the same time. How cool is that? Can you give God a praise clap or something? That just makes it easier. That just makes it easier for the people at the Saltillo campus to be at the growth track at Saltillo and the Tupelo campus at, at, uh, at Tupelo. So that's going to start next week. So if you've not signed up for growth track one, which is our membership class, it's okay to say class along in conjunction with the word growth track. But if you've not signed up for that, you can do it in two different ways. You can indicate on your card, which today is in the seat pocket in front of you, or you can come to guest services and sign up, or you can go to our website, ns.church, and sign up there. You'll find the growth tracks there and just click on the one. And we're really strongly emphasizing that you go through all of the growth tracks because really that's the starting place at North Star, because we want you to go through the growth tracks, growth track one, membership, two, maturity, three, ministry, four, changing the world. What that does is it illustrates and it uh, highlights and it teaches what we believe to be the pathway to discipleship. The pathway to discipleship is worship, small groups, D groups, and changing the world. All right, so that's going to start fresh next week. Now, before Sunday, on Saturday, this is brand new also. Can you tell I'm pumped about some of this? You just wait till I get into the message. Um, on January the 6th, we're going to have our first time ever, first Saturday serve day. It's not that we've not served. It's not that we've not had serve days. But we're, this year, this coming year, we're going to be having 12 different first Saturday serve days. And so the first one is this coming Saturday. And each one of them will be different. The first one, I'll go ahead and tell you, has to do with nursing home ministry. And we're going to be visiting uh, various nursing homes just to, just to smile and, and to say an, a word of encouragement to someone who seldom or never gets a visit. And so if you would like to serve, sign up for First Saturday Serve Day this coming Saturday, all you have to do, you can go to guest services and there's a sign-up list there. But if you, if you want to use your phone, you can text the word serve, serve, to this number, 493, and you have to use 662. So 662-493-2311. 493-2311, and it'll tell you what to do, and uh, you'll be signed up. It's not going to be a long time of, of ministry that day, but I, I can't tell you enough 
uh, how important that kind of ministry is in our community. All right. Well, welcome again. Welcome to church. And uh, welcome both of our campuses, Saltillo and Tupelo, as we get into the Word of God. And we welcome those that are joining us online. You know, as I prayed about this message, I thought, okay, so this is the last Sunday of the year. This is the last Sunday of the year. God, what, what would you want your people to hear? We could talk about and reflect and look back on the last 364 days, right? And look at all of the things that God has, has done, and certainly he has moved, and certainly he has done some great things. But I want us to look at the next 365 days. And so, beginning next week, I'm going to be starting a brand new series. Maybe you're, you're here or you're listening and you're thinking, you know, as I reflect and look back on the last 365, there are some, there are some decisions that I wish I had not made. There, there were some choices that I wish I had not chosen. Well, as we look forward, the series beginning next week, and really today is a precursor to the series, but the series, I'm so pumped about this. The series that we're starting next week is called Restart. Who doesn't need a restart? Who doesn't need a reboot, okay? Who doesn't need starting over. And so beginning next week, we're going to be talking about restarting or starting over or rebooting. And um, I really believe that through that series that God is going to help us to find the significance, the direction, the vision, and the purpose that he has for our lives. And I'm excited to excited to, to share this as well. We're, our staff is leading our church in something that we've done in years past. We did last year and the year before that. But we're leading the church in a time of, of, of prayer and fasting. 21 days of prayer and fasting. 21 days of prayer and fasting. And just briefly right now, uh, I want to say a word about fasting and, and say that uh, fasting, uh, you can find, go to our website, to our homepage, and you'll find, uh, you can just click on uh, fasting. We're, we're going to be starting this fast on January the 14th, Sunday the 14th, and it'll go through Saturday, February the 3rd. And you're thinking, 21 days, I'll die. In 21 days. Well, there are different kinds of fasts, and uh, I would encourage you that uh, to consult with your physician if you're uh, starting anything different. But there is a fast called a full fast. Um, a full fast is when you take nothing but water, and that kind of fast is determined 
you determine the number of days for that. It might be one day or five days. Uh, I've done that fast. Um, another fast is the uh, partial fast. And that is where whatever kind of fast that you're doing, you do it from like 6 in the morning to 3 in the afternoon. Okay? So that is a partial fast. And then there's the Daniel fast. The fast that we believe that Daniel uh, partook in. And that is uh, no meats, no sweets, no breads, uh, only eating uh, fruit and vegetables and whatever else that doesn't fall in the other category. It's easy for me. No meats, no bread, uh, no sweets. And um, that is a, a very um, great fast. And then there's a fast of um, uh, a, a media fast, and that's doing without uh, things like social media or your phone or et cetera, et cetera, no television or stuff like that, gaming. And so whatever fast that God leads you to do, I challenge you to take it very seriously because God really wants to do something great through this fast. You know, I really believe that, that uh, God wants to do something extraordinary this coming year. And I'm going to talk more about fasting in just a few minutes, and then I'll, I'll remind you or redirect you to how you can read about the different kinds of fast. But I really believe that God wants us to be the kind of people that people say about us, whoa, those people, that church, they're feeding people. That church, they're doing ministry in the community and all for the glory of God. But I want to be the kind of church that people go, whoa, there's something different about her. I can't put my finger on it, but there's something different about her. There's, there's a new level of commitment that I'm seeing in him. In the book of Acts, it's one of my favorite passages. In Acts chapter 17, this is not our text for today. Trust me, I will eventually get there. You'll think he's never going to get there, but I am. The Bible says in Acts 17, verse 6, but when they, this is when Paul and Silas were, were going around preaching in the early days. And they were sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ with people, and people were getting saved, and lives were being changed, and uh, it, incredible things were happening. It says, when they did not find them, they dragged Jason and some other believers before the city officials, shouting, these men who have caused trouble all over the world have come, have now come here. These men have, that are making a difference have now come here. I love what the King James Version says. These guys have turned the world upside down. I want to be the kind of church, church, I'm telling you, I want to be the kind of church that has the reputation of turning the world upside down, making a difference, not trying to make a point but making a difference in our generation. Can I get an amen? 
did you know that you're different? We are different as believers, as followers of Christ. We, we, are, we are the set-apart ones. So how do you know that, that we're different? Tell me a scripture on that. Okay, good. I thought you might ask that. 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9. Peter writes and he says, You are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession, that, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into the wonderful light. Uh, the King James, I, I learned this scripture in the King James Version. It says, You're a, you are a peculiar people. Did you know you were peculiar? Just look around. Just look to your right and to your left. These are peculiar people. Why? Not because we look different, but we're peculiar. We're a royal priesthood who have been called to take the, the light into the darkness. We're to push back the darkness and take the gospel of Jesus Christ to the world. We're peculiar people. This is what I know, and this is what I want. If you're taking notes, would you jot this down? I want it to be hard for people in our community, people in our region, and people in our nation to go to hell. I want it to be hard. I don't want to brush up against somebody in the mall well, that's likely not to happen. I don't want to brush up against somebody at Lowe's and then wonder, should I have said something to that person? Should I have reached out to them? I want it to be hard for people to go to hell, and I want to see our nation wake up for Jesus Christ. Um. There's a man in the Bible in the New Testament. His name was Paul. Speaking of fasting, Paul had an encounter with Jesus Christ, and he fasted for three days. In Acts chapter 27, uh, the followers of Jesus were on a boat. They were in a storm. Scripture says that they fasted for 14 days. In Acts chapter 13, it was the first missionary journey that bathed it in prayer. They said, we're, we're about to go out and push back darkness. We're about to go out and share the light of Jesus Christ with the world. And what did they do? They fasted. They fasted. Fasting is not the norm. Uh, it's, it's, it's not a word that we use in our society very often. But it was... Normal back then. Like today, we're supersized me. Bigger is better. We don't talk about doing without. But it was these people in the Bible, they knew what fasting was. They, they had heard about the nation Israel fasting. They heard about David. When the armies were uh, defeating the Israelites, David fasted. And suddenly there was a turn and the Israelites won the battle. Esther, in the Bible, fasted. In fact, she called the entire nation of Israel to fast. And because of that, they heard from God, and instead of being wiped 
from the face of the earth which they were about to be, victory came. Um, Moses fasted. John the Baptist fasted. Jesus fasted. And by the way, Jesus didn't say, uh, look, uh, look, it's a good thing if you fast. You know, if you fast, do it like this. Jesus never said if you fast. Jesus said it was implied. Jesus said when you fast, do it like this. So fasting should be taken very seriously. And that's why in a couple of weeks we're going to begin this 21 days of prayer and fasting. So, well, what does that mean for me? And, uh, well, how should I do it? And I've fasted several times throughout the years, many times actually throughout the years. And, and one of the things that, um, that we don't do when we fast is we go around talking about it. In fact, Jesus said in Matthew chapter 6, uh, Matthew chapter 6, he said, when you fast, do not look somber as the hypocrites do. For, listen to the humor in this almost. He said, for they disfigure their faces to show others that they're fasting. Jesus said, don't do that. Jesus said, if, 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 when you fast, don't do it like that. Like, oh, I'm so hungry. You know, I am fasting. And we're, you know, there's dark circles under our eyes and we suck in our, we suck in our, our, our mouths and we look pitiful. Well, that's not what Jesus wants us to do. What fasting does for us, fasting is seeking the heart of God. Fasting is seeking God. So I want to give you two things that fasting uh, does. First of all, fasting. If you're writing this down, write this down. Fasting enables me and positions me to hear from God. It's not that we can't hear from God without fasting. Because you can tell by looking at me that I don't fast all the time, all right? Hopefully, though, you'll never know when I'm fasting. But what fasting does, it, it, it helps me to seek the heart of God. Fasting helps me to tune in to God. Fasting is an act of obedience. Fasting um, breaks the, the self-reliance that seems to have a hold on me. I I think that I can do this. I can conquer everything. I, I'm in control. But what fasting does, it, 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 it puts me, trust me, if you've never done it, I, it does. It puts us in a, a position. It, it enables us to, to hear from God. This is what fasting is. Here's another definition. Fasting is letting go of the natural. Think about the natural. That's food or that's media. It's letting go of the natural. And it's taking hold of the supernatural. That's what happens when a person fasts. And so as we enter into this 21 days of prayer and fasting, beginning January the 14th, people all across our church are going to be fasting perhaps in different ways, but but that's what they're doing. They're, we will be letting go of something and taking hold of something. 
We're letting go of the natural. We're taking hold. Back to different ways to fast. Maybe your doctor and your health right now would not allow you to do a, even a Daniel fast. You, whatever. But you can fast something. It is another way of saying it. <coughs> it is letting go of the earth. Letting go of something of the earth and taking hold of something of heaven. It is letting go of something of this world and taking hold of something not of this world. So that is what fasting does as we tune in to God. Now, as I was preparing this message, I was thinking, God, just what, what would be a good example of someone in the Bible who fasted because they really wanted to hear from God? How many want to hear from God? Say amen. There's a man in the, in the Old Testament. He was exiled. He was actually not living in Jerusalem anymore because he was exiled to Babylon. And his name is Nehemiah. And the, Nehemiah was, was there doing his job. And we're going to read about this in Nehemiah chapter 1. So if you have your Bibles, open them up or turn them on to Nehemiah chapter 1. Nehemiah chapter 1. And I'm just going to read to begin with two verses beginning with verse number 3. Nehemiah chapter 1 beginning with verse 3. They said to me, those who survived the exile and are back in the province are in great trouble and disgrace. The wall of Jerusalem is broken down, and its gates have been burned with fire. When I heard this, Nehemiah said, I sat down and wept for some days. I mourned and fasted and prayed before the God of heaven. As we fast and as we prepare to, to fast, I want to emphasize that prayer comes with fasting. So as you're letting go of the natural and taking hold of the supernatural, you need to be praying. And we're going to be talking about more ways that we can uh, be prayerful during this fast. But as we, what, what had happened is the children of Israel had been taken into captivity. And here's just like a side note. It's like another sermon, but I'm just going to say it in 30 seconds. How's that? Everybody wants a 30-second sermon. Nobody wants a 30-minute one. Um, the nation Israel had been taken into captivity. Why? Well, they, the nation had begun, and you can read this story in the Old Testament, they had begun taking on idols. An idol is anything that you put before God. Anything. Like if... Uh, if you, you don't spend time in the Word of God, but you spend a lot of time gaming, or you don't, you don't spend a lot of time in the Word of God, but you spend a lot of time watching television and movies, um, that can become an idol. An idol is anything that we put in place of God. And the, the nation Israel had, had taken idols, and they were putting other things in front of, in, before uh, their relationship with God. And it led them into slavery. It led them into captivity. These were dark days for the nation Israel. 
the, the person that came to Nehemiah, it was some people from his homeland. They said, look, we've returned to Jerusalem, but the, we've returned and the gates are, are destroyed. The, the gates are burned. The temple is, is messed up. And uh, the, the, the enemy, there's a few of us that are still there, but the enemy is coming in and plundering the city and taking what's left and oppressing us. There were very dark days. There was no awareness of God. There was no word from God. Here are the people of, of Israel, the remnants that were living in uh, this day in Israel. They, they had no sense of God. They had no respect of God, no awareness of God, no, no word from God. Sound familiar? We live in a culture where families are, are in ruins. We live in a culture where lives are at, literally in, in ruins. And it could be because we've replaced God with idols. So Nehemiah is burdened. The Bible says that he, he wept over the fact that this was happening. And this is when he prayed. What's interesting is in verse 11. He said, Lord, this is his prayer. He said, Lord, let your ear be attentive to the prayer of your servant. This is the end of his prayer. We're going to read the prayer in just a minute. Lord, let your ear be attentive to the prayer of your servant and to the prayer of your servants who delight in revering your name. Give your servant success today by granting him favor in the presence of this man. And he's talking about the king. And then just one sentence. In my Bible, it's just like separated. It's a space down. It says, I was cupbearer to the king. What is a cupbearer? A cupbearer was someone, and he, he act, uh, actually worked for the king, even though he was in exile. But while everybody else was living in oppression and in exile, he was uh, sipping wine and eating cheese crackers. Are, are you serious? Yeah, he was cupbearer to the king. Uh, it was a pretty good job. Cupbearer to the king was somebody that sampled the wine uh, to make sure nobody had poisoned the king. I mean, that's a nice job. Sipping wine, eating cheese crackers, eating goldfish, you know what I'm saying? And salami. Uh, it is a pretty good job, except if the king were, was poisoned. <laughs> then it becomes game over, you know. And so here is Nehemiah. What he's saying is, I, I, I'm, I'm just, I'm just the, the cupbearer. I'm just the, the cupbearer to the king. And what the Bible says is that uh, even though... He was ordinary. Even though he was exiled, even though he was ordinary, God was saying to, to Nehemiah, I'm about to write a new chapter in your life. How many need a new chapter written in your life? It can start right now. It doesn't have to wait until next week or tomorrow. God was saying to Nehemiah, this is what you do, but that's not your destiny. This may be your career, but this is not your calling. 
And so as Nehemiah prayed before God, he, he fasted and he said, God, this is serious business. I don't want to just, I just, I don't want to just utter a prayer. God, I want to, I want to begin letting go of something that in the natural. And God, I want to be, I want to start taking hold of the supernatural because God, I need to be in a position. I need to be enabled to hear from you. The second thing about fasting and what fasting does, not only does fasting enable us and position us to hear from God, fasting, this is a big one, fasting reminds us that we need God. Every time that I have fasted, um, there has been a fresh revelation of how much I really need God. I get up in the morning. I got up this morning. God, I need you. God knows my heart. He knows that I'm trying. He knows that I'm, I am trying to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added unto me. What, but what fasting does, it, it like steps it up several levels. It, I hear from God, but, it, but then I, it reminds me of how much that I need God. I get in a situation and, and I just have to come to God in prayer and fasting and say, God, I can't, I can't move this mountain. God, I can't accomplish this. God, I can't make this happen. So God, you're going to have to do it. I can't do it. All of you, none of me. And so when I'm fasting and praying, it reminds me of how much I need God. This is what I know, and write this in your notes. I believe this. I believe this is going to be a season that God does something with what you let go of. That's what I believe. I believe that this is going to be a season in the life of our church where various ones who are privately, not for show, but because they want to seek and the heart of God and tune into him and that I believe this is going to be a season. I, I believe this like no other fast that we have ever had as a church. That God is going to do something with whatever I, I let go of. I'm going to be letting go of some things. The kind of fast that I'll do, there are things that I'm letting go of. But I believe this is going to be a season that God does something with the things that I've let go of, and he works mightily in, in incredible ways. Can I get an amen? How many believe that? You don't, have to say, you don't have to say anything, but how many believe that? If you really believe it, listen to Nehemiah, Nehemiah's prayer. And by the way, Fasting, the, the, the literal meaning of the word fasting is putting your hand over your mouth. So if you're fasting from all food, that's what you're doing. If you're fasting from some type of media, regardless of how long your fast is, that's, that's what you're doing. Taking hold of the supernatural. This is his prayer. He said, Lord, 
the God of heaven, the great and awesome God who keeps his covenant of love. Remember the walls were destroyed and rumbled. They had crumbled. God who keeps his commandment of love with those who love and keep his commandments, let your ear be attentive and your eyes open to hear the prayer of your servant praying before you day and night for your servants, the people of Israel. I confess the sins of Israel, the Israelites, including myself and my father's family have committed against you. We have acted wickedly toward you. We have not obeyed the commands, the decrees, and the laws that you gave your servant, Moses. Two things happened here about fasting. Number one, it starts with confession. If, if you don't pray and if you don't confess, you're just going to be hungry. Amen. You know, if I'm going to do without hamburgers, which I can eat three times a day, seven days a week, 365, 52. In fact, 52 sounds good. But if I'm not confessing, the very first thing that Nehemiah did, he confessed the sins of the people. But, but he said, I confess my sin. Ask the Holy Spirit, would you do this? Just to reveal to you what needs to happen in your life. I like to wash my car. Sometimes I, like, I'll just, oh, I used to like to wash it by hand. Now I'm lazy and I just like to go through the car wash and uh, I don't do it very often I almost did it yesterday but I thought nah that's pretty lazy isn't it I mean it was the day before Christmas, uh, New Year's Eve for crying out loud but I do I like to wash my car sometimes I'll just go through the, the car wash makes you feel better about yourself doesn't it? it's like buying a 72 inch television I like to go through the car wash and just I don't do this very often, but I like, I like to go all the way where it does. You, I don't, you know, whatever they're going to charge me, that's the button that I'm going to push. Sometimes, just rarely, once a year. You go through it and you think, man, when I come out of this thing, it's, this is going to be nice. It's going to be clean. That's one way of washing your car. Another way is like you washing your car. And I'm talking about detailing it right and so when you detail it when you really it's it's like a deep cleaning and so I, i'll get the i might go through the the car wash but i'll go around to the free vacuum and i'll i'll i'm not in a hurry i, I get down and I'll, I'll vacuum under the seat i find stuff you know what i'm talking about you've done it and you get down in there and you find the french fries that dropped under the seat. <laughs> Which, by the way, during this fast, those will look pretty good. <laughs> you find the pens that you borrowed from the church all under the seat. 
Just bring those back, would you? It's, it's like a, a deep cleaning. When we fast and the Holy Spirit is at work in our hearts and lives, it's like a deep cleaning. Like the car is an extended room of our home, our heart as the Holy Spirit takes the searchlight and looks around deep into the corridors and the closets and the hallways and the the rooms where the doors are shut of our lives, the Holy Spirit begins to reveal things. That's what happens during the fast. But it begins with confession. And then what happens? All of heaven opens up. That doesn't mean your problems are going to go away. The problems you had before your fast, you may still have after the fast. But it does mean you have a new sense of direction. All of heaven begins to open up. For Nehemiah, it happened like this. He went before the king in whom he was the cupbearer. Scripture tells us that the king had mercy and compassion on Nehemiah, even though he was the king of Babylon. (laughs) Nothing to do with Israel. He had Israelite slaves. But he, he somehow had compassion on Nehemiah. And he sent Nehemiah back to Jerusalem, fully funded, And in 52 days, what would have taken centuries for the children of Israel to do, in 52 days, Nehemiah rebuilt the walls, repaired the gates, restored the temple, proclaimed the Word of God. So when we fast, let it start with confession. And then watch as all of heaven opens up. Maybe you're thinking, I need something more. I need a word from God. I need a breakthrough in my life. I need a breakthrough in my marriage. I need a breakthrough in this relationship. I need a breakthrough with my kids. I need a breakthrough Isaiah said, before they call, I will answer. That's a pretty good deal. While they are still speaking, I will hear. Isaiah 65, 24. Before they call, I will answer. When they are still speaking, I will hear. This is what I know, is that when you start taking a step toward God, God will come running to you. He's just waiting. He's just waiting. I I, I don't know specifically for you what you need to let go of. 
But I do, need to, I do know what you need to take hold of. And that's the supernatural. And I want to ask you to do two things. One, commit to this fast. And two, prepare for it. Prepare for it by saying, God, I'm, I'm coming to you. And he comes running to me. God, I can't do this. You know what he says to us? He said, come on, we'll do it together. Say yes to him and follow him. Heavenly Father, thank you for today. Thank you for the word of God that is so real and helpful to us. Thank you for the conviction of the Holy Spirit that gives us direction and deep cleaning in our lives. I pray, Heavenly Father, for these closing moments that, God, you just do a work among and in your people. Maybe you realize today for the very first time that you've never given your heart to Jesus Christ. And I want to give you an opportunity right here today, the last day of the year, to say yes to Christ. I'm going to lead you in a prayer. And it's not anything magical about repeating words. This is a decision from your heart, putting your trust in Jesus Christ, followed by, in, along with repentance and faith, but to say yes to him. And if you've never done that, would you say this to him? Dear God, today I realize that I'm a sinner who needs a Savior. God, today I believe that Jesus Christ died on the cross for my sins and he rose from the grave. God, today I, I repent of my sins. I turn from my sins and I turn to you, Lord Jesus. Come into my life. I put my trust in you and I follow you as Savior and Lord. Now, if that was your declaration today, your prayer today, first, thank him for saving you. But second, I want to ask you to not to raise your hand or come forward today, but just to fill out the card that's in the seat back pocket. If you'd fill that out and bring it to guest services, we have a book to give you. Regardless if you get the book or, or if you put the card in the bucket, most of all, make that decision to let us know so that we can be praying for you. Maybe your prayer as a believer is something like this. God, I don't know how I'm going to do this fast. I don't know what this is going to look like for me. But God, I want to take this step, this new year. So prepare my heart for this time. I'm going to ask that everyone stand at both of our campuses. I want to pray for you. Heavenly Father, thank you for today. And thank you that you have just the right word at just the right time for us. Lord, thank you for these last 364 days. But God, help us.
to live these next days for your glory. God, help us to be difference makers. And God, help us to take the light into the darkness and to share the love of Jesus with the world. God, we love you and we, we thank you that you've met us here today and we thank you, God, that you have a word for us today and God during these final moments of worship I pray that you would seal the decisions that we're making for you right now in Jesus name that I pray 